Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1999's The Talented Mr. Ripley, directed by Anthony Minghella, starring Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Jude Law, and a couple others. Let's link Kate Blanchett and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yep. You gotta get Phil in there. That's right. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, okay, I, uh, I couldn't resist Batman the Movie. Uh, the Adam West, yeah, yes, yeah. It just came into Netflix, and I was like, oh, okay, let let's just let's just have a. It's a gem. It, yeah, let's just have a Sunday afternoon. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> I, I and I love it, man. It's so good, and and it, it's just it's just wonderful to watch. It, it's a great time. Yep, it's absurdity. It is. Yep. Yeah, that shark repellent is Whew. classic. Oh man. man, yeah, that 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 plastic shark hanging from Adam <laughs> West. It's so so good. And they have a sh- the, a rack of shark repellent in the back. I know like, it's got and all it's kinds. It's, it's in the oceanic repellent section of the back. <laughs> yeah, that section. That's <laughs> absurd, but it's great. Yes, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I watched something completely not of the sort. Oh, um, <laughs> Night of Cups. The new Terrence Malick movie. Wow. It's definitely not Batman the movie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but little, it does have Christian Bale in it. Sure. Um, I gave this movie a nickname. It's called Christian Bale Walking Slowly. Oh, God, no. This movie is a snooze fest, man. Yeah, um, I believe but it. But that, that comes with the Terrence territory, yeah. man. It kind of... <laughs> It's, it's mainly like these haunting voiceovers from all the different characters. Yeah. And they're played over like the silent scenes of them acting. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad, but it's just kind of boring, man. I understand. It has its interesting stuff in it, but man, at two hours long, I was I was done. It's uh, Terrence Malick demands a lot of you, yeah. and unfortunately, he doesn't give you a lot, and and that's what that's always been my my biggest kind of like beef with him yeah. is that is that you know just give me a little something. I I find Badlands to be, I, I don't know why that that movie is quite so lauded, uh, but whatever. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I, I, Days of Heaven is quite good, but <sighs> it's it's just I, I don't get it. A lot I times. looked online, and this movie got RogerEbert.com gave it four out of four. Yeah. And then everything else gives it like a 50. Okay. You know, if you like this stuff, you'll like it. It's just polarizing, right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's what I watched. Now, let's talk about the talented Mr. Ripley, Dave. Yeah. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. Well, uh, this movie was adapted from uh, the, the original novel by Patricia Highsmith. Um, it involves a, a, an anti-hero named Tom Ripley, played by Matt Damon, who is kind of an adventurer. He just, you know, like, takes opportunities and, you know, runs with them, whatever he can. And in this situation, through a, some chance encounters, he ends up in Italy, posing as a Princeton alum to bring back the industrialist son of uh, James, well, James Rapport is, is the wealthy industrialist who yeah. wants Matt Damon to bring back his son Jude Law to, to now, like you know, start union busting and all the stuff that he does, yep. you know, in his it, it, during his workday. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's not going to happen because uh, Jude Law is uh, not leaving Italy, and he's just going to keep doing what he's doing. No. Um, and we'll just get into it he, because he's utterly uh, handsome too. Oh man, I mean the, <laughs> those I was lost in those eyes, you know, like like I like know. us all, you know. And this is like turn of the millennium Jude Law. I mean, what can you say? Wow. He's just <laughs> uh he he is godlike in his he's an Adonis. And then you got a pencil thin Matt Damon in yeah. this movie, mm-hmm. which I read he lost 30 pounds for this role. It, yes, because and, he doesn't yeah. look like Will Hunting. 
You no, know, even Will Hunting was jacked. Right. Like, right. <laughs> he still got his muscles. Yeah. But he's he's thin. He's real thin, <laughs> and he's he's not. He he manages to make his his equally handsome face not as handsome as Jude Law's somehow. Yeah. He does not look like the Matt Damon that we had all like known by then. Right. And in like the second half of the movie, right. he transforms himself. He does. And there's the Matt Damon you remember <laughs> right, right exactly. there. You know, well, okay, yeah, now, he's, now he's got a he he can um, take Jude Law on right now. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, we'll talk about that uh-huh. in a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. it's a big twist. So, <laughs> yeah, like you said, he goes to Italy to get Dickie Greenleaf back, mm-hmm. uh, which is Jude Law, and so he's posing as a schoolmate of Jude Law. Right. And his, Jude Law's dad just somehow tells him, hey, go bring him back. I'll give you $1,000. I'll give you $1,000, right. Yeah, like what a weird kind of situation to find yourself in, yeah. you know? So he like prepares for this trip and he starts learning about Dickie yeah. and like starts mm-hmm. like investigating and learning about jazz music because yep. Dickie likes jazz music. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's already plotting and kind of planning, like, hey, I'm going to go there and make friends with this guy and just live there. So you feel like he never intended to bring Dickie back? I don't know, okay. and I wanted to talk to you about that, okay. because it seemed like he did, but because of this preparation stuff, mm-hmm. like, was he trying to do, like, some kind of con, or was he just, maybe he wanted something to talk about? Well, I, I, I just think that, that Tom is an opportunist, uh-huh. and in this case, I think he, well, when he's learning about jazz sitting in his apartment, I, I think he is legitimately, like, trying to study in order to successfully bring Dickie back. Because he yeah. hasn't, he's never met him. He doesn't know who he is. Um, so he, he just sort of sight unseen, okay, this guy told me to do this, and he's paying me $1,000, so I'm going to go do it. Maybe studying the jazz, maybe he can get a couple points with him, you know, yeah, and say, exactly. hey, come right. on, let's mm-hmm. go back. Yep. Um, so do you feel like he is trying to get him back yes. the whole time? Well, okay. uh, not the whole time. Well, yeah. yeah. Once I mean, he, they decide to milk uh, Jude Law's dad for money. Right. <laughs> because like, as soon as, Matt, as soon as Tom Ripley sees Dickie Greenleaf when he goes to Italy... He immediately, it's all over his face, becomes both sexually obsessed with him and obsessed with possessing his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the weirdest, um, I guess, kind of, you know, like, like, like just wanting to do, like, it, it's, it's indefinable, really, like what, what he actually feels. Yeah, and Gwyneth Paltrow plays Marge. Yes. And she is Dickie's girlfriend right. in Italy. And she even says at one point in the movie, when when you have his attention, it's amazing. That's like a great Jude Law is just yeah. one of these <laughs> right. men uh-huh. that everyone falls in love with him instantly. Yes. Men, women, dogs, everything. Right. You know? <laughs> like he is the guy. Uh-huh. But when he's not paying attention to you, it's like torture, you know? It's 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 really the, the And he best. has he doesn't care either if he hurt your feelings. Oh, like no, he's just kind he doesn't of even know it. The guy. Right. He he's he's so well loved and so popular and such a magnet for everyone, um, that he doesn't even realize how bad he's hurting you by like paying attention to this new person who mm-hmm. came along. Yeah. And I, I, I personally like that's one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Marge makes that speech and says, you know, when 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 you have his attention, this it's like the sun is shining. And she resents him for it, but also like that's why she loves him, is because she fell for it too. Yeah. You know? He has some kind of spell. He like, does. You just meet this guy and you're like you look into those eyes, oh, man. Oh, man, I know. Oh, man. I know, he's just so physically perfect, <laughs> and, and he's so, like, and I mean, when you first meet him, he, he wants to know all about you, and I mean, yeah, you, you would be totally drawn in by this guy. Mm-hmm. He's a cool dude. He's he interesting, is. very interesting. 
and like we said, he's not going back to the U.S. because he's the opposite of his dad. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to be his dad. He, like, resented going to Princeton. Mm-hmm. He said everyone there, they've tasted everything, but they have no taste. Yes. That's a great line. I it's love great. I know. <laughs> yeah. So he's just freeloading. Mm-hmm. Freeloading. I don't think that's the right word, but he's just living free in Italy, man. Oh, he is freeloading. I mean, like... The, the, well, this... is this his dad's money? Yes, or... okay. it's his dad's money. And and this this whole thing of, like, Marge, Dickie, and then Meredith, which is Kate Blanchett's character, yes. and Freddie, who's Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Yes. This idea of, like, just being a rich kid and doing nothing and stealing from your parents you know like whatever trust fund they've set up for you yep. it's just it's so unbelievable to me and and unbelievable to you and unbelievable to probably everybody listening to this show like like it's it's inconceivable that anyone has this lifestyle yeah i mean you can't you got to work right you yeah, got to I mean, work you, think, i mean i don't know. i i mean i don't i can't even imagine having no, that no. in front of me just free money to do with whatever you want well, and I, then his dad saying no you get back here and start earning your keep no i'm not coming back i mean <laughs> with no fear of the guy turning the faucet off you know right and he's just ready to move to any city he yes. wants to at the drop of a hat Ugh. i think Tom Ripley mm-hmm. is probably enticed by that when he sees it. Of like course, you said, yes. Because uh, we've established, all right, we probably both agree, he was going to take him back initially. Yes. And then once the spell's on him, he's mm-hmm. uh, right. He's all in. He, he just yeah. wants to He wants to do everything Dickie's doing. And he wants to be Dickie. He sees the lifestyle he has. Yes. And, you know, Tom Ripley comes, I, I don't know the book, I don't know his background that well mm. or anything like that. I, I but never read the book either. From the intro to the movie, he doesn't have that kind of opportunity in front of him. Oh, and absolutely he's not. Taking it, mm-hmm. you know, right, right. So the movie turns into kind of a, a web of lies thriller. Yes, yes. Um, and you mentioned there is this like sexual attraction that Tom Ripley has towards Dickie Greenlee. Right. And there's a great scene in this movie when they're in the bathtub playing chess. Yep. Well, Jude Law's in the tub. Yeah. Matt Damon's outside. Mm-hmm. It's a such like a sexy scene, dude. It's so it's yeah, this is sexy cinema, man. It's like man. damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's an overhead shot, yeah, and and like oh man, there's candlelight. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And these dudes there, I feel like they know what's going on. Of course. And then as soon as Matt Damon kind of says something about it, yeah. Jude Law like clams up mm-hmm. and it's like uh gets weird, you know. Yeah, exactly. Cuz he's yeah. he's like afraid cuz he I think he finally knows. He's like, oh, he just pointed out that I'm having these gay feelings for this man. Right. I don't know how to deal with that. Right. He kind of freaks out. Right. Um, and that's the big, that's the thing that turns the movie, man. <laughs> it does. Everything yeah. turns on that one moment because, mm-hmm. yeah, like like it was an unspoken thing. And I, I, I will differ with you on one thing. Um, I, like you mentioned that, that Dickie says, I have these gay feelings. I don't know how to deal with it. I, uh-huh. I actually think that, that he... And not in a malevolent or cruel way, but like I think he knows that 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 Tom feels that way about him. Okay, and he's kind of toying with it a bit, like he's just maybe leading him on to yeah, kind of exactly. He's kind of this new guy in his life. He's yeah, playing mm-hmm. with sure, you know? exactly. It's just another toy for him. Mm-hmm. And he's he's he like legitimately likes Tom, but he also kind of senses right away this guy's into me. I'm not into it, whatever ah. he wants, but I'm still going to play this sexual tension game just for my own amusement. Okay. Until it gets too real. Yeah, maybe he's playing it that way. Yeah. How many times have you seen this? Oh, uh, geez, it's in the double digits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is my first time. Okay. So you have more insight, I'm sure, than I, I have. Yeah, I've, but, I've uh, seen it a time or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I guess he's getting bored with him, yes. he says. Yes. So Jude Law takes Matt Damon out on a little dinghy. They row out into the sea and... Uh, <laughs> Um, where are, it's Italy, right? The Mediterranean yeah, it's, it's Sea. A, it's off. It's and where they're or, at is San Remo, which is like upper, uh, upper western Italy. Okay, yeah. So they're out there in a boat, and they're confronting this situation. Mm-hmm. And Jude Law, I almost said Matt Damon. Jude Law wants to get rid of uh, Matt Damon. Yep. <laughs> God, I can't keep. I keep wanting to say their real names and their characters' names. I know. I, and we, I keep we'll getting just have them mixed to establish. up. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. We'll just say Matt Damon and Jude. I'll Law. I'll just say their their right. real names. Right. So. Um, Jude Law says he's bored with Matt Damon mm-hmm. because, like, I was thinking he's afraid to confront this and just wants to get rid of him. Okay. Uh, so he's saying these hurtful things mm. to Matt Damon because he knows it's going to hurt him. Okay. And make him leave. Okay. Um, and then what happens is Matt Damon can't take it anymore and just bashes his head in with an oar. In a shocking Yeah, a moment. very yeah. shocking turn of events. <laughs> um... I didn't. I the movie was billed as a thriller, and it wasn't too thrillery right. until this moment. <laughs> right, and you weren't really sure. Like the, the, there were there were glimpses of 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 Matt Damon being a sociopath j- just yes. just now and again. Yeah, like when he's dressed in uh, Jude Law's clothing, yes. uh, dancing around, right, right, pretending he's him. Yeah, and we should establish that Matt Damon, his talent, uh-huh. his titular talent. <laughs> Is there's some alliteration? <laughs> is that he can imitate voices and people? Yeah, yeah. and handwriting and and handwriting. You know, yeah, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. So now that Dicky is dead, he tries to take over his life in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it start, and that's when the web of lies really begins. Yes. Because he he then goes to he 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 goes back to Mangiabello which is uh further down the coast and takes care of of Gwyneth Paltrow with a note supposedly written from Dickie saying I'm moving to San I'm moving to Rome mm-hmm. um and get some of my stuff and then he goes to Rome himself checks into a one shitty hotel for Tom Ripley and a nicer hotel for Dickie Greenleaf and he's going back and forth wearing different clothing and leaving messages for the other man to establish that, that both of them are still alive. Right. When everything is going kind of well for him and everything's kind of working out, that's when Kate Blanchett and Philip Seymour Hoffman show up. Yeah. And I don't think we show mentioned... Show back up, I should say. We didn't mention it, but when he first gets to Italy, he meets Kate Blanchett yeah. and says that he is Dickie. Yes. So he just, for some reason, lies to her and says that... Mm-hmm. He's the guy he's going to Italy to get. <laughs> right, right. For, for, no for some reason. reason. I, he just, just decides to, because she, she notices, and also notices where he's standing in like the R section, uh-huh. and he claims that it's his mother's maiden name, and he travels under her name yeah. in order to like, you know, not, I I, I don't know what he, right. he's, right. I guess Dickie's famous in some in some circles. On well, the this is a page. big sociolite grouping exactly, here. Yeah. You know, I don't so, know. Maybe they all love each other perhaps, and hate each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's New York, so there, there's page yeah. six and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, Freddie, knows mm-hmm. Matt Damon as Tom Ripley. Yes. So, they're all in the same spot together, you know, <laughs> so you gotta do some ducking and dodging and some <laughs> very clever manipulation. Oh, man. And have a little luck on your side. Oh, sure, he sure. is very lucky. Yes. Like, of course, what he's doing is very calculated, mm-hmm. and he's really thinking ahead on things. But he's got some luck on his side because yes. none of this is that convenient. No. And the movie does a great job of not making it 
convenient. No, that's right. It, it doesn't come across like, oh, come on. Yeah, you know, it's right. like, oh right. man, that was so close. Right. Like you're really into it. Uh huh. <laughs> and and you're 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 semi rooting for for Tom Ripley to to yes. get away with all this stuff. He's a nice antihero here. You Very know? much so. But the other thing, like, un, un, well, and I'll I'll save it for a little bit later until something else happens. Okay. <laughs> that, that just really you know made me you know, turn on Tom. But um, I think my favorite scene in the movie is when Philip Seymour Hoffman confronts Tom as Dickie in, in the, the apartment, ho- in the hotel In that room. nice hotel, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, Matt Damon is um, like staying in this nice hotel as Jude Law's character, uh, under that name. Yes. And um, Philip Seymour Hoffman comes and immediately kind of, I don't know if he like immediately figures out this guy is impersonating Dickie. I don't know what he knows, Um he he. It's revealed to him before yeah. he's, uh, you know. But but this particular scene of him, of Philip Seymour Hoffman grilling Matt Damon about what's going on, yep, is just. I mean, it, it's 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 as tension filled as anything I've ever seen in a movie. It's really good. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just kind of strutting around. Oh man, strolling he's a, around this apartment, yeah. looking at everything, saying these kind of vague things to Matt Damon, maybe implying that something bad has happened to Dickie and he's involved with it. Uh Uh-huh. And my favorite thing is he says, you know, this doesn't look like Dickie would be here. Like, the only thing that looks like Dickie here is you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is great. Yes. And he, like, lies to him. He lies to Philip Seymour Hoffman and tells him that Dickie is, oh, down the street at some restaurant or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, no. You said he's eating dinner at six. No, maybe lunch. I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. maybe he said he was still at lunch. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can understand. Yeah. He's not having dinner at he's six thirty p.m. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, and like that's right when he walks in the door. Yeah, that's it initially right away. And then like it, it kind of escalates like that, and he has that great line, like you said, about you know the only thing they hear that looks like Dicky is you. But he also like we should we should for anybody who has who doesn't know what we're talking about like Philip Seymour Hoffman is also he's 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 a real dandy in this movie mm-hmm. he's he's like a another trust fund kid and he he's dressed really nice and he kind of is foppish in his mannerisms mm-hmm. a lot of times and in this scene in particular he's really laying it on <laughs> thick and it's just a joy to watch it's good I mean like all the stuff he's saying to to, to Matt Damon and. Uh, the other the other great part of that speech is when he says, um, you know, boy, you're a quick study, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And then he says something, you know, uh, when I first met you, didn't know your ass from your elbow. Oh wait, no, you know what? That's not fair. Maybe you do know your ass from your elbow. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, that's a good one. It's good. It's really good. He he kind of knows that this small time guy yeah. is is actually kind of devious. He's kind of you know? he's like saying, you know, I'm calling you, buddy. Yeah. Yep. I know you're not what you seem to be. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome stuff. <laughs> and then what ends up happening? Yeah. Um <laughs> Tom Ripley bashes Freddy's head in with uh Emperor Hadrian's bust. <laughs> I had to look that up. It's a, okay. he has a, a you know, a Roman yep. head, uh-huh. a statuette right. of a Roman emperor and it's um Hadrian mm-hmm. and he bashes Freddy's head in with it. <laughs> and interesting I found out Hadrian had a gay lover who was killed. That couldn't be an accident. No, this yeah. is totally set up this yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> which that's awesome. <laughs> it, <man>. it is <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and you know, it's from here then the web of lies, of course, becomes bigger because now he has to figure out what to do with Philip Seymour Hoffman's body, and he also, throughout all of this, is interacting with Meredith, uh, Kate Blanchett's character, as Dickie Greenleaf. Yep. Um, now then, Marge comes to Rome. Gwyneth Paltrow. 
who is she's expecting to meet up with Dickie and see what's going on. So mm-hmm. now Tom has to go and interact with Marge as Tom and like string along Meredith as Dickie and hopefully the two won't meet each other. Then he sets up a meeting between <laughs> them at a cafe. Uh knowing that they will like somehow mix things up and he can just watch it and it's so complicated. Are you guys following this? I know. Exa- you have to see it. You can't take it's what we're sound- saying. We've, <laughs> I think on our nonstop episode with that movie, <laughs> right. we were talking like this. Yes. But that movie made no sense. Exactly. This movie makes perfect sense when you're watching it. As complicated as we're making it sound, there are no loose threads. No, it's great. I mean, it's carefully orchestrated by th- this this like master criminal who didn't know he was a master criminal until two weeks ago. Yeah, and when you said he sets up a meeting yeah. so that Marge and Meredith would meet together yes. at this cafe, um, and he sets it up so that... All right, I'll use real names. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kate <Right>. Blanchett, <laughs> her date's like 15 minutes earlier, mm-hmm. so Dickie doesn't show to that. Yes. The fake Dickie. Right. Um, and then Marge is there, Gwyneth Paltrow, right on time. Mm-hmm. So they see each other, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. that's uh, Marge. Crap. Um, I was kind of dating Dickie while after he dumped you. Yep. And they, so this is how they convince Marge that Dickie isn't dead and that he's actually left her. And he, I don't know. It it convinces everybody. It does. The whole thing works out. Yeah. Because Meredith ends up leaving kind of humiliated and not humiliated, but like like just kind of honorably leaving the situation and saying, Dickie is going to be with you and every, you know, uh, and he loves you. Right. Don't yeah. worry. So then Kate Blanchett leaves. And as soon as Matt, Matt Damon is, is eyeing all this from from atop a fountain somewhere, he comes down, meets the the intended appointment with Marge yeah. and Peter Gwyneth Smith Paltrow. W- with <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow and also Jack Davenport as Peter Smith Kingsley. Yes, um, he meets them at the appointed time and you know says I'm sorry Dickie isn't here. Blah blah blah. Now th- this is where he really like it, it, he never he never screws up as far as this goes. Like he's able to keep like this thing kind of. Kind of always, you know, he, he never makes a wrong move w- with keeping up the deception. Yeah. But that doesn't still doesn't really fool Marge eventually. She's still on to him. Yes. She, she knows something's, something's up. up. Yeah. And it's not just because she saw those rings, I don't think either. Oh, yeah. I think she also kind of just honestly knows every time I go looking for Dickie, there's Tom. Yeah. Um. So what the hell's going on? Where is Dickie? Yeah, Dickie's always gone. Yes. He's uh, doing something or another. Who uh-huh. knows? Right. Oh, I don't know where he went. Right. Yeah. That's fishy, it and that's truly that's is. the thing Freddie was on to there. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know they didn't they didn't show up for the ski trip at Christmas. Right, so, right. What's going on there? You know, <laughs> I'm sure Jude Law is the life of the party every year at the ski. Oh trip. my God, can you imagine? Like, he would like, never miss that. Uh, no, of course not. No, not with Freddie. No, no. I mean, and 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 like you said about being the life of the party, he never misses a social occasion. He lives to socialize. Mm-hmm. That's all he wants to do. Yeah, he doesn't avoid people except no. for his father. Yeah, that's that's exa- it. Except for the guy who's footing the bill. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the rings. Yeah. So I think after this point is when he starts hanging out more with Marge and Peter. Yeah. And. Uh, she finds these two rings that uh, Dickie had. Right. And Matt Damon's wearing them because he has to impersonate Dickie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she finds them in his hotel room or house it's, or it's whatever he's got It's apartment that Peter yeah. found for him. And she confronts him like, what's going on? She like is terrified. Right. And she is almost convinced that he did something to Dickie. Yes. 
And so Matt Damon hides a little razor blade in his pocket and yeah. he keeps inching towards her. And it's a very intense scene mm-hmm. as Gwyneth Paltrow backs against the front door trying to get out. And as soon as he's about to cut loose, <laughs> yep. Peter walks in the door and he's like, what's going on here? He's like, she won't under, she doesn't listen to me. You try it. And he like storms out. Like mm-hmm. he's pissed yeah. that she's not, you know, like he like turns it on its head. He just totally to fool like, Peter. To fool Peter, he emo storms away from the scene. Yeah. And like acts like all like leaves all in a huff. You know, you try. I don't know what to do. And he he actually in that moment turns very effeminate too. Yeah. Probably for Peter's benefit, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, I guess we can just get into it now because right. like after this whole thing goes, you know, splat, Gwyneth Paltrow leaves uh, all, all hysterical and everything because she knows that, that, that Matt Damon has right. killed Jude Law. But uh, Matt Damon then manages to still convince Peter, uh, Jack Davenport, that, that he's not, not only he, he never goes, I'm innocent of this. He just like says Marge is hysterical or whatever. Now, Peter is in love with Tom. Yeah. And it's it's pretty obvious right right from the start. And I don't know if Tom is truly in love with him. I think he I think he wants to be. I don't think he is. Right. I never got that. Okay. I felt like he was using him, okay. you know, to to get away, basically. Right, right, pretty much. I mean, I don't think it was totally without any kind of affection. Right, yeah. He he but it's not like a true love affair yeah, where it's he's not deeply like, in love with the It's not like he guy. felt with Jude Law. No, like it's, it's not oh, like yeah, that yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a great scene when he's confessing. I think it's on the boat. He's telling mm-hmm. Jude Law, he's like I've been nothing but honest with you oh, the man. whole yeah. time. We should let's talk yeah. about that scene. Yeah. Oh, it's a great scene, dude. Because actually, I I wanted to kind of get more into Jude Law's, uh, like we talked about with the, with the bathtub scene about what he's actually feeling and doing. Yeah. I I feel like, okay, before that happened, and when he's like he he tells Tom this will be our last trip together. He's like trying to let Tom down gently. I think in a way. Yeah, he is. And the problem is Tom is coming on way too strong and really declaring himself, like putting himself out there, like saying, I'm in love with you and you're in love with me. Why can't this happen? I don't think that that Dickie is in love with Tom. And and he also I mean, he's not like totally homophobically disgusted by it. Right. But he also he's just not into it. It's not something he wants. And he's he was trying to be kind of like, I guess somewhat gentlemanly about it like like just pretending it's okay well we had our run and now it's a see you later buddy but tom won't let that happen so he has to then start spewing yeah vulgarities at him yeah you know Mm -hmm. um and you know saying telling me you can be a mooch and you can be quite boring he says yeah um the mooch thing that's true yeah (laughs) it definitely is yeah the boring thing that's not true that's not true tom is not tom Dickie finds great pleasure in spending time with Tom. Yes. He is never bored no. when he's with Tom Ripley. Nope. So that's a total lie right, right. there. Right. And p- p- saying something's boring, that's such like a privileged person insult. You You're know, right. like, yeah, that's true. You're boring me. Uh, yes, you know? yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> so right. <laughs> but it, that really pushes him over. It I cuts th- him. Yeah. I am, can't remember exactly everything that happens as far as dialogue and stuff goes, but I remember that line that really upsets Tom. Like, yes. Is that the trigger when he gets to that point or is, well, it's, it's after he says that boring thing is, mm-hmm. is like the, the camera actually focuses on Tom who turns his head and goes, what? Um, you know what? <laughs> like he's just, cause he's pretty devastated by what, yeah. by what Dickie just said. And then, uh, Dickie starts kind of like, like 
saying a lot saying a lot more stuff and he's it all culminates in something about like where he's he's like getting up and like starting the motor we, we gotta get the fuck out of it I, I'm yeah. gonna get, get, get rid yeah. of you and that's when Tom starts laying into Dickie a lot of judgmental comments about um, you know Dickie's lifestyle and, mm-hmm. and what, how, how can you marry Marge when you when you're knocking up Silvana yeah. uh, you know and th- there was a woman there was a, a young woman in, in uh, Mangiabello who Dickie impregnated and then who eventually kills herself right um, that, that Dickie didn't help no. Um, so yeah, that, and then then the ore oh, death happens. It's a great scene. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Just as far as the the story goes, and just performance wise, like oh, these yeah. guys are knocking it out. Here. These are strong actors. Yeah, yeah. this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. And yes, the, the Freddy in the apartment confrontation. Oh, yeah. Like you yeah. said, that's amazing too. Mm-hmm. And I really like. Um, oh, it just slipped from my head. I guess I don't really like it. <laughs> I can't remember what I was gonna say now. <laughs> It's just a good scene that you've lost. The okay. whole movie's great. Oh, though. it is. I mean, I mean yeah, th- th- this movie is a series of not set pieces, but but just extended scenes of really strong performances and really excellent dialogue and a story that, that you find yourself, even on the 20th viewing, um, really compelled by. You yeah. Know? Um, and it's this is an underrated movie. Uh, completely. Yeah, I never hear anyone talking about this I, movie. I mean, and it was a hit, and it has A-list stars for days. I don't know what, you know, I don't know why it's not talked they, about. They even made two of the sequels in the movies, not with Matt Damon and right. stuff, but mm-hmm. I think John Malkovich did one right. and Ripley's Game. someone else. Yeah, there's a third one. I can't I didn't remember who did that one, one yeah. but... Uh, yeah, like the movie was a hit. They made uh-huh. two other books into. That's right. You know, they're trying to make the franchise here. Yes. So, of course, this one was a big deal. Yeah, this was this was the one, and, you know, I I I think I should. I, I've wanted to talk about this for years. Okay. okay. This one thing. Yeah, this okay. one thing I'm about to talk about. Okay. Um, w- would you agree with me, that Peter Smith Kingsley is the most sympathetic character in the story? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I haven't thought about it. Okay, but I can see that because is he a, is he another one of the privileged? He's I mean, not. I didn't think so. I didn't get that from him. He's he's a te- he's a music teacher. He just seemed like an everyman, right? He he, he you who see had him, some friends, right? You, 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 I think we we see him when he's working. He's like you know like uh, conducting that 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 uh, that miniature sim- like children's symphony. Okay, yeah. Uh, when Tom goes to visit him, uh, in the end when they're on that boat to Athens, it's yeah. because Tom, uh, Peter has a concert. He's actually working for a living. He's just really intelligent and really um he travels in society circles, but he he has his own funds. Right. Um yeah. and he is completely blameless in everything that transpires. Right. He's a, a victim of Tom Ripley's web here. Like he's caught in that web and you know <laughs> and what happens yeah. to him in the end Oh, God. Is so unbelievably unjust, and it's where I get off of Tom's. You know, I want this guy to triumph. Oh yeah, that that moment has you. You have no. You do not like Tom Ripley. At no, all. like you're done with him. Exactly. You've all right. You're kind of with him this whole ride. Right. Right. Until this moment, you're like, why did you do that? It's yeah. That, like you're right. That could be because <clears throat> right. Peter has nothing to do with any of this. Yes, he's, he's just caught he's an there. innocent. Um, and all he wants to do is just live his life. And because Tom Ripley has spent all this time lying to people and murdering people, yeah, he has to die. Uh-huh. You know, um, he has to lose his life so that Tom doesn't can uh, go on and uh, not get caught. Because before all this happens, we're treated to uh, James Rebhorn, Dickie's father. Yeah, uh, he comes to Italy himself with a private investigator, played by the great Philip Baker Hall. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> from Boogie Nights. Yeah, uh, Floyd Gondoli. 
um, he he walks in and um, he does his own investigation to see what happened to Dickie. They find out they they kind of figure out that that Dickie is missing and presumed dead. And instead of truly being a good investigator, Philip Baker Hall looks into Dickie's past and then he blames the Italian police for being, you know, a bunch of <laughs> yeah. small time, you know, whatevers and thinks that he's cracked it and never once suspects that Tom of, of any foul play. In fact, James Redborn then transfers a portion of the, of the trust fund to Tom in, yes. in thanks. I was completely not expecting this. No. And I, I jotted down a note here. I think this is probably Matt Damon's best acting in the movie. Okay. Because when he hears that, yeah. The just his face, you can tell he's extremely pleased that he's got this money. Absolutely. But he's trying not to express it. Right. So much that they will catch him like being like, "Oh yes, 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 right, yes." Right. 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 Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's great subtlety on Matt Damon's part here. It I is guess you're right. It is very good. It's very, like it's just yeah. something his eye like has a little glimmer or something like mm-hmm. just this tiny subtle thing <laughs> happens. It was amazing. Because like this and the boat scene I think are his best work in the movie. Uh yeah, that that's a great point, man. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, we just know that and we only the only reason we know the glint in his eye is there is because we've been on been on this ride right. with him. We know what's going on. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then we we then th- this story takes place in the 1950s and at the time of course you know it was before any kind of women's liberation movement so all of Gwyneth Paltrow's suspicions and fears are chalked up to like you know female hysteria um and James Redhorn and Philip Baker Hall are are not listening to her they're just helping her back onto the under the pontoon boat um just like trying to quell oh yes this is an hysterical woman we must get her back to the the snug of New York um (laughs) it's pretty outrageous that's the times, man. It is. And in Italy, too, post-war oh my Italy God. Yeah, uh, was a mess. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, and, yeah, and then from there, we get the, the boat ride with where, where Peter... The um, ending, yeah. Man, it's... Uh, I, I, I don't know why. I, I sat there watching this one uh, for, for just watching it for the show. Actually, like, not with my head in my hands, but, like, I didn't want to watch Peter die again. Yeah. I didn't, <sighs> want, it to, I didn't want it to happen. So they're on a boat going to, what'd you say, Athens? Athens, Yeah. And so Peter and Tom are on a holiday, you could say. Sure. Enjoying the boat ride together, you know, as this new couple, as it were. And Kate Blanchett's on the boat. Who would have known? Oh, God. With her parents. Uh, So, yeah, she starts talking to Dickie, quote unquote. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's Tom. But. So now the game's on again. The right. web. There's another thread <laughs> the game's here. On again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess I I didn't piece it together here. What's actually going on? But I know because she showed up, the plans messed up now. Yeah, exactly. So he, she says something about thought. She thought she saw him with Peter. Yes. And he was like, "No, he's not on the boat." So, right. Well, better kill him now. Because <laughs> yeah, in the scene, he goes into their cabin and they're having this like. Like kind of a, I don't know, like a, a tender conversation almost. Like yes. Just kind of like flirting with each other a little bit about how affectionate they are towards each other. Right. Um, and she he asks Peter. Tom asks Peter. Tom asks Peter to like say stuff about what he likes about him or something like says, that. Says, yeah, say, say some nice things about yeah, Tom Ripley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he starts listing these adjectives, you know, about him. And, um, yeah, very lovely things he yeah, says about Tom. Yeah, very nice things. And you know? Tom Ripley, Matt Damon... 
is like laying down kind of on his back, on Peter's back, yeah. with his necktie. You, you see it just out of the corner of your eyes. He's got a necktie. He, he's getting undressed, so he has the <sighs> necktie in his hand. And you can kind of see him wrapping it around his hands. Yes. And as he's listing these things, it uh, cuts to like black, and Matt Damon walks into a, a room with mirrors, another cabin. I yeah. don't know where it is, a bathroom. Yeah. And the scene's still, the audio from the scene's still playing, and... Matt Damon's sitting there looking in the mirrors at himself. Right. And, you know, the audio keeps playing, and uh, he's crushing him. Yeah, he's Peter, crushing Peter him. being yeah. choked to death with yep. the necktie. Yep. It's the most upsetting thing in the world. It's, yeah, you don't even see it. No. Yeah. You just is... hear Peter choking. Yep. And, uh, like, and honestly, I... I I, I keep harping on this, but probably because I've wanted to talk about it for so long. Poor fucking Peter Smith Kingsley. Yeah, dude. Who did nothing wrong. And because he, he you know, like, Tom can't kill Meredith. That's too high profile. Exactly. She, her parents are on the boat, yeah. for one thing. Um, she saw him with Peter. Peter saw Meredith on the boat. Oh, did she? Yeah, he, or he, did he? He said, because when, when Tom first walks into Peter's cabin, he says, was that Meredith I saw? Oh, okay. Because he was kissing her. And Peter is oh, kind of jealous right. about it. Yes. And and says, you know, uh, it didn't look like, you know, uh, what, what was going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, uh, okay. it's, it's, it's just, it's the worst. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's the worst ending because it's a good ending to a story. It's just that, that whatever, it's whatever a tragic like, ending to Peter. Yeah, it is. That this is this is uh you know whatever like black, you know I I don't know a weird happy ending for an antihero you were trying to get. It's laid waste. It's in ruins because this guy dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn it. it uh, yeah, uh, yeah, damn it on that. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it cuts to black again. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> That's a bleak ending there. I know, and I'm still I'm sitting here in this room, uh, just destroyed all over again <laughs> because of Peter Smith Kingsley. Poor Peter. I, I can't oh, I can't take it. I, I just you know, uh, but I'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever read any of the books? No, I didn't. Okay, I'm shocked because it, it feels like every time we do a movie based on a book, you've read like I know. the book fifty times. I, you know? <laughs> it's, it's it's something I usually try to make you know, but but this one I I just I just never got around to it. Okay. Well, I don't think you need the books. I no, mean, probably not. I'm I mean, sure the books are great. Uh, yeah, so. I, and I, I, I just it. I, I love the movie so much. I, I, I don't know, but I, I still don't know why I didn't ever pursue the book. But yeah. maybe someday. Yeah, maybe now. Yeah. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention before we get going. Mm-hmm. This was from the trivia on IMDb. Okay. Jude Law fell and broke his rib during the boat fight scene. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's believable. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, he. Uh, it, they are fighting. It seems like, yeah. Well, and and when Tom first hits him with that oar, um, and and they just cut to Jude Law, and his hair is like pasted against the side of his head, and that that cut just starts opening. Oh God! Ugh. that is gruesome. It is. It is. Ugh. And then he Did like Rick Baker do that. I know. It's God, really it's really good. <laughs> yeah, a thing pops out of him. I know. <laughs> it starts, <laughs> yeah. it starts thinging out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, it, it, what a great movie! It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, that that's that's it for for as far as uh, yeah, I got through everything I want to talk All right, about. So, would you recommend it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> you guys got our reasons. I know. So. Yeah. Look, no, just, just seek out the talented Mr. It, Ripley. It's it's a it's for like we said before. It's it's not often referenced for some reason, but this is a a truly good movie. Yeah, I think it's got a unique 
twist here. Yeah. Uh, unlike many movies, like right. this is a great, unique thriller. Yes. Very good. D- yeah, very well crafted. Yeah, dude. Um, and I'll also just, I guess there was one other thing I wanted to just mention real quick is that, like, I, I think that, that this, like, 1997 was where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's, car- like, like, careers like took totally different paths right yeah and this is like the first step of matt damon becoming you know what he would event what he became in that moment and also what he would eventually go on to become mm-hmm. he just like was in only interesting pictures you know uh, like what whatever you thought of 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 any of them that came after you couldn't deny that they that they weren't um like original things like st- stuff that a young actor like his counterpart ben affleck mm-hmm. would usually not be in because ben affleck went on to do forces of nature and reindeer games and a bunch of mm-hmm. other bullshit yeah that, that just was not worth anybody's Geely. time Oh Christ! <laughs> Don't yeah. forget that uh, one. Yeah, he also became a, a tabloid darling, you know, um, which just—it's it, the whole thing. Yeah. Matt Damon clearly established himself as the more talented of the two. Yes, and I would say I like him better. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, yeah. Ben Affleck's kind of redeemed himself. Yeah, uh, in, in recent, recent years. years yeah, but in the last yeah. ten, that ten years or so, he's he's gotten back up up there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that wraps up the show, folks. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. We're trying to grow the dude army. Yes, we are. Let's do it. The army of dudes. There's your <laughs> hashtag, army of dudes. Army of dudes. I I, I guess that works, right? <laughs> oh God, I don't want to see what comes up with that. <laughs> If you don't use iTunes, you can find us in any other podcatcher of your choice. We are pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, rate us and review us there, too, you know, and spread the love. Yes. Uh, go to dudesonmovies.com, and you can find everything you need right there. Yep. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to find us on Facebook, we're there, too. Just look for Dudes on Movies on your Facebook feed, and we'll come right up. Uh, we also have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yeah, definitely. Send us some emails. Yes. And we mentioned we're not doing Twitter anymore. If someone tweets at us, I'll probably respond to them. Yeah. But I'm not just sending stuff out anymore. Okay. Just so you guys out there know. Yes. Okay. So, good. Stay tuned next week when we will discuss 1996's Big Night, directed by Campbell Scott and Stanley Tucci, starring Stanley Tucci (laughs) and Tony (laughs) Shalhoub, and Mini Driver. Let's throw her in there, too. And Uh a bunch of other good people. Right, right. um, Thanks for listening, folks. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 